The objective to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and Gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. So uh, before we we jumped on, you were wondering why I look like I'm Eminem for from Eight Mile. <laughs> I'm assuming, yeah. Uh, it's because I have like the worst case of hat hair in the world right now. Oh my now. gosh! You want me to? Do you want me to just show you? I would you? love it's, a, a, it's a crazy quick, yeah. a quick sneak preview. No way. Yes, it's horrible. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think it was gonna be what it was. Yeah, it's worse than it was. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna put this back on. Just gonna. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So now so I look like I'm ready to lose myself. In there, the you yeah, there, there you go. I love it. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. Um, look, we are are here to give you objective analysis of the NBA. Um, there are some some things that have happened, some news things that we want to touch touch on before we jump into the main thing. Um, Steph Curry, he returned. He came back, um, and that means that the Golden State Warriors should be on their way up, correct? No, they got destroyed by the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Phoenix Suns, who are missing Devin Booker, they're missing Cam Johnson, they are missing they were missing Chris Paul in that game as well, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, you name it. They were pretty much playing against the G League version of the Phoenix Suns, and they got clobbered. Um Steph Curry put up 24 points, but it was kind of an inefficient 24 points. He was 8 of 22. It, it kind of seemed like he was still getting into it. Um, he had that sleeve on the shoulder that was injured as well. So you could tell that they've they've kind of added extra padding in that area just to make sure it's good. Uh, I'm not sure if you caught the game, but any kind of first impressions from from Steph's return? Yeah, I mean, with Steph, it's he he's one of those guys that, when he comes back, even though he's old, even though he, well, I don't want to say old, but older and has yeah, this he's, injury history, he's the when he comes back into things, even when he has kind of an inefficient shooting night or even, you know, if they might not look like, you know, things are flowing supernaturally like the normal warriors that we're used to, yeah. you do still kind of n- know that they are going to ultimately come back and you can never sit there and say, hey, you know. Steph isn't really the Steph that we know and love, mm-hmm. I guess, depending on where you, where you find yourself. Uh, but <laughs> on you the know, Steph wagon. <laughs> yeah, you can pretty much count on him getting his legs, him getting back kind of yeah. into the swing of things. And so I didn't personally take a whole lot away from the inefficient shooting night. And I mean, from where I'm sitting going into the trade deadline, the Warriors have lots of options. And so yeah. uh, I am by no means sitting here thinking that, oh, I am not at all worried about the Warriors just because of the situation going on with Steph. Yeah. The the other thing is Andrew Wiggins' return. So that was kind of like, look, they're, they're getting back into the swing of things. The starting lineup, I believe, of the Warriors, the, the Looney, Draymond, Wiggins, Clay, Steph lineup, it hadn't played together since December 2nd. So it's been a very very long time since they kind of had to, you know, they they needed some time to get acclimated with one another. I guess the good sign is that Jordan Poole, um, who is coming off the bench now, and I think uh, there was a lot made about, oh, Jordan Poole looks so much better as a starter versus a bench player. And look at the numbers for him as a starter versus a bench player. And I think 
him having 27 last night or, or two nights ago, it kind of goes to show you that this thing can work. And it was just about him getting rhythm, finding that rhythm again. I think the same thing applies to Steph Curry. Same thing applies to Andrew Wiggins. And I, I think by extension, the same thing applies to the Golden State Warriors. Yes, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get acclimated. You mentioned the trade deadline. I'm sure they're going to be busy trying to fine-tune the, the back end of that rotation. But if I'm the rest of the Western Conference and I'm the Denver Nuggets and I'm looking at you know the Warriors and them kind of figuring things out, Steph coming back, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It does strike fear into my heart. I I think they are still the betting favorites to come out of the Western Conference. I, I don't check me on that. You know, I'm not a I'm I'm not the one who's going to be all up in the books, bet books. But you can be. Look at that segue. Think you know what way to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whatever your sport, wow. Sports Interaction has you covered. Pre-game live betting on all major sports and prop bets. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Please play responsibly 19 plus anyways. Okay. What a professional. Yeah. Look at that. I am impressed. Ladies and gentlemen, the first segue, the first transition. Let's just a little round of applause. Oh, <laughs> a, a massive round of applause. That was fantastic. Uh, but uh, I look, I think when it comes to the odds that the Warriors are going to be up there, battling for the top spot in the West. I don't think there's any question about that. There is another player who is returning, um, who's actually playing tonight, uh, another point guard, maybe not as important as Steph Curry, albeit, but when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers and maybe the shakeup, the makeup of the Eastern Conference, Ricky Rubio returning for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think is a big deal. Uh, he was huge for them last year. He was this great kind of secondary creator next to Darius Garland. Now that they have Donovan Mitchell, he moves into a tertiary role. I really think that gives them an extra bit of punch off of the bench. Uh, Rubio, any thoughts on any thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, with Rubio, he you talked about it. He's such a huge system fit for Cleveland and what they put together on a night-to-night basis. And so I'm really excited to see him get back out there because – even though we've seen Rubio be successful in different situations, it almost just seems like with Coach Biggerstaff and this Cleveland Cavaliers team, uh, even though Donovan Mitchell is obviously newer or new this season, it just works. It works so well. They already have the depth uh, and guys that know how to play their role really well uh, and know what they need to do again on a night to night basis. So having Ricky to plug in there uh, to kind of add to that guard rotation that's already pretty deep, uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to I think it's going to bode really well for them. And it's just going to make them that much more dangerous. So I'm excited to see it. I'm glad he's coming back. He's a really fun player to watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it, it'll be good. It'll be good to see. And who knows if Cleveland will just, you know, continue to climb and just put themselves that much more even on the map. There's also, uh, you kind of mentioned it, but like J.B. Bickerstaff is not afraid to experiment. He's not afraid to just kind of like play around with things and try things out. Last year, he threw out these uh, three guard lineups with Ricky Rubio, Sexton, and Garland. And now you swap out Sexton and you throw in, huh, you know, top 20 player. No top big deal, pretend. right? Yeah, no big deal. You put you throw in an MVP caliber player who's playing like an MVP this season in a Donovan Mitchell uh, into that instead of Colin Sexton. I would like to see that lineup. I think that three-man lineup, I've said this before in the past, but if you look at Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio, Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell, that is maybe like in terms of a culmination of five guys on the court, one of the best playmaking five five-man lineups 
in the NBA just because every single player on the court can make a pass. They can make plays. Uh, and when you throw Ricky Rubio in there, it just kind of mixes things up. It, it gives you another look. Three-guard lineups are always just about like, hey, how much more playmaking juice can we really get out of a team? Uh, and when you have Garland, you have Mitchell, you have Rubio, I think it could be fun. I honestly think it could be it, it could really elevate their offense even more. So that that's obviously happening right now. Look, he's only played five minutes in the first half. They're playing against Portland right now, so we'll see how the the rest of that game transpires. But it'll it'll take some time for him to get back into the swing of things as well. Speaking of getting back into the swing of things, jo- Jonathan Isaac. When was the last time oh. you heard the name Jonathan Isaac? Can, can, when was I mean in Let a me good think. light? That's actually a good. <laughs> <laughs> not in, not in a, not in a, not in a preachy. Not in a, I'm, yeah. yeah. Oof. <laughs> That's a great question. I just, uh, it, that whole <laughs> situation, it, it's, it pains me. It pains me. I'm glad yeah. Orlando fans have many other things to be excited about. Yes. That situation. It's kind of crazy to see how there was a, a, a brief period of time where it's like, whoa, look at this guy. Look at how he's developing. Look at who he could be. My and God. then it was such a turn in term, and just in terms of availability, <laughs> such I'm just a turn leave of it, events. I'm just You're right. Leave it there. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a, a turn of events, and it was just like, oh my God! Like they're losing this key piece. You know, what does yeah. the future hold? Is he going to be consistently healthy? Like, what does the future hold? And now they've been able to kind of really solidify the core pieces of their young core and kind of the movement that they look to, I, yeah. I don't want to say implement, but who their guys are moving forward and who coach Mosley has to work with. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm happy for them on that. Coach Mosley. That's your guy, by the way, that's my guy. And I'm, I'm so pleased when he got, when they got that pick, I was like, I think I tweeted immediately. Mose deserves it. Like that's just, <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, but um, yeah, I, 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 part of me just is waiting for him to get traded. I, I, and I don't know, I, I don't even think it will be this season. You are fair to think that way, honestly. But when he, I'm just waiting for him to get traded and I don't, I don't know where it's going to end up being. Cause I think it's going to be a pretty underwhelming package. And the craziest part that I never thought I'd be saying maybe a year ago, two years ago is well, maybe two to three years ago is that getting pennies on the dollar for him might just not be that big of a deal. And I think that that's what they're looking at. It really depends on, and look, we, we I, I'm not going to be the person to tell you that I have the inside track on what's happening with the Orlando Magic right now. I think from a bird's eye view, what they have going with Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner, the, two of the you know most exciting young forwards, maybe like forward tandems in the NBA right now. You throw in another top pick in there this year, most likely. That's going to be exciting. I think Markel Fultz has really made something of himself in Orlando, and the guys in Orlando clearly love him from the quotes that we hear all the time. Uh, From what I remember about Jonathan Isaac, the recent thing that I remember about Jonathan Isaac was that he was trying to reach out to his teammates, and he was somewhat isolated from his teammates because of the fact that one, he was injured and also because of the let's just deem it off court activities that he was doing. You guys can go ahead and Google if you guys would <laughs> yeah, like to do it's what out Jonathan there. Isaac. It's, it's out there. It is out there and then some. He has written books. Okay. We'll just just go ahead and Google if you'd like to. But let's just say that the man hasn't played a basketball game in the Biden administration. Okay. It, it, I'm telling you, it has been the bubble was the last time that we saw Jonathan Isaac play basketball. Yes, 
in theory, he is this versatile, lanky wing defender who might have some chops on the offensive end. But honestly, I was, what were you doing in 20? I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's been a very, very long time since we've seen that man play basketball. So I have no expectations. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I imagine the Orlando magic also don't have much expectations. And I was looking at his contract. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, from what I see, Two more years left on that contract at $17.4 million a year. There is no player option. There is no nothing. He's just going to be a free agent in two years. I mean, that's a tough contract to sell. I imagine mm-hmm. you would probably have to give up a first or something oh, okay. in order to get rid of him. Just because, like, what, that's $30 million over the next two years. More than $30 million over the next two years for a guy who hasn't played in nearly three years. Tough swallow. Tough thing to swallow. I just I don't I don't know how the Orlando Magic are gonna reconcile yeah. this, implement him. I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to kind of predict or even like pinpoint, like you said, from a bird's eye view, what is reasonable to expect. And and I don't I don't know that there are enough situations that are comparable to this one to yeah. even use that as a predicting tool. Uh but when I look at a situation like this, I think about teams like Charlotte. Uh I there was a point in time where I might have thrown Washington in there. Not as much anymore. I think this situation might be even a little too risky for them. But a team like Charlotte... You must be has... a big fan of Washington, though. <laughs> I, I can see what they're trying to do. <laughs> I'm, I just... You know, I I I don't want to hurt... <laughs> I don't want to hurt Washington's feelings right now, but... Oh, man. <laughs> Um, yep. but no, I think, I think Charlotte is in a position when you look at a contract like Terry Rozier or even Gordon Hayward or, or something that they could be like really desperate to get off. Um, even though Terry Rozier's contract still has four years remaining, he yeah. can do, he can give you something to your team. And so, mm-hmm. um, while I don't necessarily see that as a potential swap for Orlando, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I could see something like a Gordon Hayward or even, I mean, there like are, a, a reclamation project for exactly reclamation. Yeah, I get what yeah. You're Some something that's just so oh we've backed ourselves into this corner or oh we don't even really expect anything out of the player. But if we can just get off this situation or this right. contract, that's enough of a of an incentive for us to get on this. Um, I will be interested to see kind of what the framework looks like for that package in terms of um, draft compensation because. I mean, if I'm Orlando, I'm not super interested in moving a first. I'd probably rather just let the contract expire. Like, and let just walk. let it. Ex- yeah, that's and, a good point. You know, so yeah. I, but, but, uh, but on the other hand, it's like, well, what if you can maybe get it for, I, I just don't know. I can't sit here and be like, oh, that package, like in my <laughs> mind, that makes, my, that makes sense because it's, it's just, it's messy. I think, I think at this point, we just have to wait and see. Like, yeah, we have we no do. idea what kind of a player is coming back. We, yeah. we just have to wait and see. Um, so in, instead of returns, we're going to be talking about a guy who is having a season-ending injury. Otto Porter Jr., uh, the Raptors' big signing this summer, uh, is going to be out for the rest of the season. He had toe surgery. Uh, it was about, I want to say, mid-November where he first hurt that toe. And then it was, okay, he's he's going to be out for a little bit. It became, okay, he's very, very far away. I believe they tried multiple ways to kind of avoid surgery. And then, you know, the news came out that, that he's going to be missing the rest of the season. Now, the thing is, the, the Raptors will be getting a $3 million injury exception 
Um, but the thing is, they don't kind of get a roster spot. So that makes things a little bit trickier to figure out, okay, who are we going to let go of if we want to use that $3 million exception? Or maybe they use it in a different way. Who knows? But regardless, it's a tough thing for the, the Raptors to deal with because Otto Porter Jr. was supposed to supplement them with shooting. And shooting was the big thing that they struggled with last season. It is something that they currently struggle with this season. And Porter Jr. was supposed to be this this kind of – I wouldn't say he was supposed to be a solution, but he definitely was supposed to be a Band-Aid over the problem in terms of giving a little bit more shooting juice off of the bench for them. That won't happen, uh, and it is tough to see. It's It's kind of a tough pill to swallow for the Raptors. But when it comes to – and I've heard a lot about like, oh, they never should have signed him. This is a horrible mistake. I think – the reason he signed for half of the MLE was because of the fact that these injury concerns are always there for an Otto Porter Jr. I mean, if you look at last season with the Warriors, he missed a ton of games, ton of regular season games, and was really there more so in the playoffs. Obviously started in the NBA Finals, and that was that was kind of the big thing that, that people talked about when he signed with the Raptors. But when it comes to signing a guy who has that long of an injury history and is that caliber of a player there's a reason you signed him for that cheap and it was that affordable to sign him so I wouldn't say it was a a make all or or kind of like a be all or end all deal for the Raptors but it is a tough loss for them yeah I mean you know obviously with you being closer on the scene with with the Raptors than I am I I definitely think you have more more insight on them than me in terms of you know especially with someone like Otto Porter Jr. Uh, You're but, like, yo, Otto, I don't need to talk no, about Otto. No, that's not what I meant. My, m- when it comes to the Raptors, the only thing my brain can really focus on right now is how many <laughs> options they have going into the deadline. And, like, yeah, that's, that's where true. I'm at. But Fair. I do think I do think that um, with, I mean, with him going out, obviously, like you said, in terms of the shooting and how their rotation might shift, especially with some potential additions and and even subtractions going into the deadline. I think they really find themselves in an opportunity to kind of replace that. And you mentioned not having an open roster spot. Um, And, and I do think that, that there will come a point in time where maybe here in the near future that they do, or, or, you know what, maybe it's Joe Weiskamp's turn. Maybe that's where this ultimately (laughs) goes. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what? I, I, I have to, I have to apologize. I said Weiskamp on the pod yesterday or on Monday. It's Weiss, it's Weiss camp. I have yeah, I never heard anyone. I could say be Weiss wrong camp. saying it now. To be honest with you, I have it's no Weiss idea. Camp, my apologies to the Weiss Camp family because yes, I have yet I agree. to hear anyone say. I have yet to hear anyone say that. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that one stings. Um, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Man, but I'm. Thank you for correcting me because there you. are a lot of names in this league. But um, yeah, I, I you know I think they have options, and I do think that replacing shooting, especially in today's NBA, is. Right something that's you're always going to have an, an option or an opportunity to do it. So we'll see what they can come up with. Uh, but yeah, you never want to lose a guy that you specifically sign to kind of fill a very specific role that you might be lacking, even if it is a guy uh, that's on a smaller number contract that maybe is a little bit older, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you do need those guys and it hurts when they're not there. So yeah, um, we'll see what they do to kind of reconcile that. Yep, it's going to be very, very interesting what happens at the trade deadline, especially with the Raptors. I mean, I think uh, 29 teams in the league are kind of waiting on pins and needles to see what they do, what Chicago does, pretty much any team that is kind of struggling right now to regain their footing. They're they're clearly kind of 
prowling on the on the sidelines waiting to see if any of these teams will kind of say we give up let's let's move on speaking of trades and speaking of things that might be players that might be on the move uh we know that january 15th is coming up very very soon for the people who may not know january 15th is the deadline kind of the the time where the majority of the nba becomes eligible for trade that doesn't mean everybody in the nba but I would say a considerable amount of players in the NBA become eligible to be traded this season. The trade deadline talk probably heats up a little bit more after the 15th just because of the availability of some of these players. Um, And we have kind of listed a couple of these players that will be eligible come January 15th. Lauren, do your thing. Let's start it up. What's the first person you want to talk about? I think we got to just start off with the biggest one because okay. it seems like we get a daily something on this front. And that's, right. that's Zach Levine. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not necessarily coming from the place of, Oh, he's getting traded no matter what, but with a player like this on that big of a contract, the fact that we're having this much conversation about it is kind of a big, I guess, waving flag of just like, you, you just can't ignore it. So, right. um, I wanted to kind of just touch on a couple of teams that, um, I mean, there were, there were a couple of reports that came out today, but teams that continue to be linked to them and that I could even see potentially making that move. By the um, way, just to, just to kind of let the viewers know, he signed in the summer a five-year, $215 million contract. He's been dealing with knee issues. Um, he has a player option at the end of that contract, which is for – a whopping $48 million, which he will be thirty-eight. Uh, sorry, 31 years old when that happens. So it's not the greatest of contracts, and he, especially this season, hasn't necessarily lived up to that contract. So talk to me. Wh- where, where are we thinking this man might be moved if he gets moved? Well, one of the teams that has been mentioned and kind of linked to him for a little while now is the team that's that's looking to – make that big swing and bring in a star, and that's the New York Knicks. Oh, I and... thought you were going to say, bring him home, Dallas. No, oh, no, no, um, no. Eh, <laughs> I, I got to be I just got to be realistic. And I <laughs> I know they're going to try for it, but right. I just I just can't even yeah, the, bring uh, myself yeah. to say to any interest in Davos Vertons, J- Josh Green. Yeah, you're <laughs> laughing at me. You're laughing at me. I know. Trust me. I know. I'm choking uh, on my water, but I'm also <laughs> laughing at you. Oh my God. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal out here. But, um, I think with the Knicks, they've, I I tweeted a couple of days ago that they had the package to beat because they still have the young players and they still have the picks. Right. And they have the tradable contracts, which to me makes a whole lot of sense. There's even a scenario in which D Rose goes back to Chicago. Who doesn't want to see that? (laughs) But I just, at the same time, I'm like, the Knicks don't need to make this move. I mean, they're going to not saying that it's going to, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to cost the amount of first round picks that was even being remotely discussed when it came to Donovan Mitchell. But with this scenario, I I don't like the fit. And so as much as New York, you know, supposedly wants to bring in this star, I think they kind of the argument is that they have that guy in Jalen Brunson right now with the way he's playing um, and that this particular move, even though there's a lot of again, links, I just don't really see it materializing. And if it does, if they give up more than three first round picks, I don't really know that I like that for the Knicks. What do you think about that? 
I think even now, uh, if the Knicks wanted to get Zach Levine, they probably would have to include R.J. Barrett. And he was a guy who was also added into uh, – he was he, he was kind yeah. of – yeah, he was added into the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. He got that extension, and people thought, okay, he's not going to get traded. But there there still is an opportunity for him to get moved at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of like the big chip for the Knicks in whatever kind of superstar deal that they want to make. Right. Um, I imagine he would be the guy that the Bulls would covet the most when it comes to a trade for Zach Levine. I think – we can talk about Julius Randle and what he may bring, but realistically, in terms of like just raw value, R.J. Barrett is the guy that the Bulls would want in that package. Now, when it comes to the Knicks, it's just like, look, you have a good thing going here with Jalen Brunson. You have a good thing going here. What? You don't believe they have a good thing? Going no, no, here? no. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. My cat just jumped up on this desk and oh, I'm like, okay. oh my God, as if this could get any worse. No, that's fine. I, I would love a cameo. It's all good. <laughs> if um, you come, you'll see him. You'll see <laughs> No, I mean, look, the, the Knicks do, a lot of people kind of made fun of the fact that they went and paid that money to Jalen Brunson. Uh, that has paid off for them. He is going to be an all-star this year. Drop the video, by the way, if you guys want to go check it out for my all-star predictions on SDBN Sports. Go and check it out. Anyways, um, but he is going to be an all-star this year, and he is most certainly the guy that they needed in that point guard spot. R.J. Barrett is is a guy who shows off tons of potential, but really hasn't put it all together in one season. I think last year he had a very good defensive season. The year before that was a very good offensive season. This year he has improved in some areas. He had a really, really great stretch, and I believe it was December and and it's it's kind of like we're waiting for that leap, that explosion, and, and no one has really seen that yet. Maybe it's more opportunity in a place like Chicago. But I think the Knicks are interesting. They're always an interesting trade target when it comes to pretty much any player just because they have all their picks. They have, you know, the Obi Toppins, the Emmanuel Quickleys of the world. They have these young guys that they can make, maybe package into something. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you there. Of the names that I see on your list here, there is one team that really kind of piques my interest. Yeah. Would you guess what team that is? That Denver. No, I don't. I, see, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like you, you, see you it, but... assume Denver. I Look, Denver would be awesome, but I don't think the assets are there. And unless uh, Chicago is willing to take back Michael Porter Jr., and I don't think Denver is really interested in that either. The team that I'm thinking about, is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, The reason I say that is because I think they could potentially get Zach Levine without necessarily moving a Desmond Bain or a Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm -hmm. You You package Dylan Brooks, you say, you take Zaire Williams. He is great. He has all this potential in this world. We'll throw Santi Aldama at you. Any type of prospect that you would like that we have, other than those three, you can have, and we have our picks. We have some extra picks on the side as well that we can package in and throw it to you. If the Grizzlies wanted to really refine what they had this season, give themselves a little bit more offensive punch on the wings, I think, nice meow, yeah. I think the Grizzlies make a ton of sense. Now, that being said, I don't think they do it. I don't think they do it. I don't think they're interested in it. I think the Grizzlies are totally fine not making that move. And waiting, just waiting mm-hmm. until there's that big, big, you know, like Kevin Durant type of yeah. guy available. And even right. then, they they didn't seem that interested in Kevin Durant because of the cost. So, right. 
I feel like they're comfortable with where they're at, but that would be the most interesting destination for me. Now, the next guy that you have on this list here is a guy that <laughs> I I feel bad for. I honestly, I genuinely, the the amount of times he's been mentioned in trade talks is probably exhausting for him as a player. Can you imagine being on your phone, going on Twitter as a player, and every single time it's, oh, when is he getting traded? When is he getting moved? Where is he going? Is he going to Atlanta? Is he going, sorry, is he going to Indiana? Is he going to blah, blah, blah? Every single day he probably goes through that. This is John Collins, ladies and gentlemen. He is, uh, he has four years, $25 million each year on his contract. It's a pretty... It's a pretty big contract. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's uh that's a tough pill to swallow if you're if you're a team trying to trade for him. I do not know if he is going to live up to that twenty five million dollar contract deal, especially mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Now, yeah. where could he go to live up to that potential? I don't know. What do you think? Personally. I do think that the Pacers are a good fit in terms of him being able to reach that potential and having the timeline and having a coach to work with and and an offensive, uh, I guess, schematic genius that Rick Carlisle is. I do think, and then playing with a playmaker like Tyrese Halliburton. Personally, I think that that's his best opportunity in terms of current teams that could pursue him to really have a shot at reaching that that potential. Um, But... When I look at teams that might try and really, I guess, pursue that deal heavily and and try to be the forefront uh, in that race, be at the forefront of that race, I look at Washington and Utah. And it was mentioned today that uh, a a package of uh, Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt was discussed. Yeah. and I just I I'm as big of a Jared Vanderbilt so then, fan as the so then okay so let's say let's but, say Utah does go for him okay sure what happens with Lowry Marketing like what is the because he's like a three four and John Collins is kind of a three four and they both kind of can play the small ball five yeah I don't see how that fit works but again like I didn't see how Utah worked at the year, at the start of the year I'm not sure I don't know if like I think that makes sense in theory. Right. I, I, exactly. In theory, because on one hand, I can see the Jazz trying to play this versatile basketball where they run out uh, with uh, John Collins at the four and Lowry at the five. But yeah. but to me, you have no reason to really if I'm them, I'm not making that move, because right now what you're seeing from marketing is far more than what you ever expected. He yeah. has this ability to score the ball that now you bring John Collins in and you feel like you need to get him more looks and 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 really just do all the things that he's not getting Atlanta in Atlanta that he may, you know, supposedly have a problem with or and I'm not even saying that it's all him having a problem, but clearly there's a disconnect. Yeah. Um and so for me, I I could see the Jazz doing it also because they have so many players that are being discussed in terms of being moved and being moved to teams that are trying to compete in the playoffs. But if I'm the jazz, I don't think this is the move for them, which is why I kind of shift back to the wizards, a team that does look like they really need to add talent. Um, And I'm always weary to spend a lot of money long-term investment wise on your front court, especially if they decide to extend Porzingis um, and really, again, continue to solidify a core I'm super nervous about that, but 
<sighs> what do you do I, if you're Washington? I just, I mean, how many times? That has been the question for nearly 15 years. What are we going to do in Washington? It's just, I, know. Um, I think, I, I don't know what kind of like comparison to make in other places in the world, but if you've ever seen an establishment just D- decide to be mediocre consistently. Like if you go to, okay, let's, let's compare it to restaurants. Okay. I don't know if you guys have Swiss chalet. Let's just think of, okay. You don't have Swiss chalet. You're in Dallas. You I not. completely I forgot. You, you, <laughs> Swiss chalet is probably like, what are, what are you even talking about? Okay. I don't know, man. Let's think Boston pizza. Do you guys have Boston pizza? Oh, no. Two. Oh, for let's two. Let's go with oh like God. a, you're gonna anything like, else. Oh, yeehaw. Like a, like a, people are gonna roast me for this let's go with like a golden corral like a red robin like a okay. consistent you know what i'm I, talking about i have no idea what those I've things never are been, but no, it's okay reason. it's okay this is exactly my point yes absolutely it is a something you don't want to go to but if you're forced to go to sure you know exactly. if it's a birthday party for a friend and they're like hey we're going to the red whatever <laughs> Yeah, we're coming to the red whatever, okay? And that is the Washington Wizards. They are just, uh, it's bleh all over. Uh, and I'm sorry to kind of me. rain on your parade, Wizards me. fan. But yeah, look, at, trading for John Collins right now, what it would mean moving Kyle Kuzma maybe, who is an expiring yeah. contract to the Hawks, maybe a Kristaps Porzingis. I don't understand why the Hawks would want a Kristaps Porzingis, but maybe mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma is the guy they'd be interested in. Right. I'm not sure, but... When it comes to the Wizards, it's just a very, very interesting piece. I, I think to your point, when it comes to John Collins, the, the place I would I would kind of place my money on is the Pacers. I think that's a pretty good bet to happen because they are missing that for Aaron Neesmith. God love him. He's been awesome this season. He really, really has figured himself out as this kind of like versatile stretch four type. But I don't think that's a long-term thing for them. I think that's maybe just kind of like supplementing the fact that they don't have a four right now. He will probably be a consistent rotation player for him, but throwing in John Collins next to Miles Turner, I like that fit. I think it's snug. I think Tyrese Halliburton, who is an incredibly willing passer, mm-hmm. he can find John Collins on those lobs. It'd be entertaining. I think it's really, really fun basketball to watch. If I'm the Pacers and I'm looking for a quote-unquote win-now move, I think mm-hmm. John Collins makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, next guy. Who is the next guy that we're talking about? We have to go with Gary Trent because I know you see my list and I gotta leave that one. I gotta leave that one. Well, you know for where me, I'm going with it. You're just gonna for let you. me you're gonna alley oop it to me and I'm just gonna I am. Oh, I man. am. I'm totally am. Well, I'll tell we you this. Go- okay, I'll tell you this. It. Okay, sorry. Um he is an expiring contract. So he, he obviously has his player option that he can take, mm-hmm. but I would be willing to bet my money. I, I'm not going to do a segue again, but I'm willing to bet my money <laughs> that, that he is going to decline that player option uh, because he's up for a pay raise. I think he's making yeah, about $18 million. He absolutely is up for a pay raise. He's, right. he's the, And the interesting thing is I think from my quote-unquote birds, the, bir- the, the birds that have been whispering around, the, the <laughs> things that I have heard, mm-hmm. I think the Raptors are fairly comfortable giving Gary Trent Jr. that extension that he's looking for. Wow. But that being said, knowing what the Raptors front office has been willing to do before, I don't think they will not listen. I think they will very, very closely listen to deals and offers that are coming. He Mm -hmm. has been a great scorer this month. His shooting has popped. 
I think his defense has has kind of been inconsistent here and there, but he's shown the potential to be a, a at least a, a neutral defender. So there is a lot of potential with a guy like him. And the fact that he's young, I think a lot of teams will probably be interested in, in him. But that being said, when it comes to Gary, you kind of have to see where the Raptors want to go. If the Raptors decide we're going to forget about this year, Masai Ujiri was watching Victor Wembanyama, according to a French clip that I saw on Twitter. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I apologize to whoever this was, but I saw a clip and Victor Wembanyama is being watched by Masai Ujiri. So obviously, if they decide to go that direction, they are probably going to be tearing it down. Does that mean that Gary Trent Jr., who is 23 and turning 24, is part of that teardown and he is going to stay? Or does it mean that he is part of the stuff that goes in order for them to kind of recoup assets and, and move mm-hmm. move things forward that way. If I was a betting man, I would probably say, and I've, I've been saying that a lot today. I don't know what is up with me. Um, but if I was, if I were to wager, um, mm-hmm. I would imagine that he does get moved and he is probably the most likely Raptor to get moved. I know a lot of people bring up Fred Van Vliet. He is also a player that I imagine they, they at least inquire about other teams will inquire about and the Raptors will most likely listen, but Mm-hmm. I do think Gary Trent is is the most likely to get moved. When it comes to destinations, that's kind of a tough spot for me to look at. I'm actually currently doing <laughs> I'm doing a 30 trade, 30 team trade deadline simulation. Okay, that wow. means I I am dealing with 29 other people in their fan bases and you know reporters and beat writers and whatever and they're trying to make moves and figure it out. I have tried to gauge the interest of what people might like for Gary Trent Jr. Doesn't seem like there's a whole lot out there. Now, that being said, that is a simulation. The real life is probably very, very different. (laughs) I think the most interesting fits for me, Golden State is one that pops up to me. I think adding some offensive punch off of the bench would be great for that team in terms of contention. Now, I don't know how it would work money-wise because they are Mm -hmm. tight on money and they he they probably wouldn't be able to pay him so what the return on that would look like i have no idea i know the indiana pacers have been mentioned ad nauseum um when it comes to a buddy healed and chris duarte package a miles turner package something along the lines of that when it comes to the pacers is definitely something that's been brought up a million times when it comes to gary trent jr the miami heat i don't think make a ton of sense because they are also dealing with uh, money restraints and paying guys and how that works. Now, maybe the Raptors are willing to take Duncan Robinson's contract, and that probably means that the Raptors end up getting a first, and maybe they move that way. And I don't know. Maybe It's kind of like a retool situation. The Mavs are a pretty interesting team. I'm not going to lie to you. I think your your Mavs are an interesting team because – you know, you remember Dwight Powell is someone that was coveted by the Raptors, always loved. I think there are salaries there that could be matched to mm-hmm. get to that $18 million. And if you guys are willing to throw in a Josh Green or something, like mm-hmm. a prospect, right? Okay. Um, so I think there is the potential for a move to Dallas. I think the, the pieces are there. What do you think? I, and look, we're not doing trade negotiations here. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but you know, 
for, I mean, I, and not to get too far into Dallas, but the Gary Trent of it all is very fascinating because with the expiring contract, obviously most teams, if not every team, uh, is going to make that move being under the assumption that he is then going to resign and they're they're going to be able to keep him long term. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see how much interest there is in terms of being other teams being willing to include draft assets, uh, because yeah. for the Mavericks specifically, Right now, I mean, everyone talks about how much this roster needs to improve, and there's so much, whether it's correct or not, there's so much internal value placed on guys like Dwight Powell in terms of the intangibles that they do. But <laughs> you sorry. have to. I don't mean. I should have laughed at that. It's it's fair because this is this is my life. S. This is my <laughs> life. Um, they need to be willing to move on from him right now. I'm personally not willing to move on from Josh Green because what he has shown is it's so random and unique. You've got to see at least how it plays out a little longer. Well, um, he's, he's also like the, the only young guy outside of yeah. Luka that has the interest level of other yeah. teams, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I and you. I think, I think Jaden Hardy will get there before not too much longer, but we haven't seen enough of him. I mean, we've seen flashes, but we yeah. haven't seen enough of him to be for one, for them to even include him in trade negotiations or two for other teams to really have a true kind of idea of what his value looks like. Um, so I don't really include him in really any of this. If um, Jaden Hardy pops, though, now you guys are cooking. Because, look, look yeah. next year in the summer, you're like, okay, look, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, couple first. Now that's Maxie. Now, yeah, yeah, now that's a package. Got, yeah. You've got your, your veteran guys. You've got the guys that play their role. You've got guys on expiring contracts. You've got your picks available. And that's when the Mavs kind of re-enter the picture as dangerous players right um and and hopefully everybody's healthy at that point too obviously that's the, that's the big one but i think in, for a move like gary Trent jr i i definitely think and and kind of circling back to a topic that with Otto porter jr the shooting all of that um you know you look at guys like dwight powell even reggie bullock is there a a, a, a potential framework that has reggie bullock Dwight Powell, two seconds. Is that enough for Gary Trent Jr. or something like that? I don't know if it is. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And so Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I don't think I think I think for the Raptors is like we need why either a young guy or a first. A first and it's like and that's, our, Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, he's still only 23, 24. And so when you're yeah. working with guys in that area and you've already you've seen them pop from when they started and kind of just the the curve, um, how can you kind of not at least ask for the first round pick, even if it is a late one. So um, yeah. I will be interested to see if he gets moved because that's kind of been the number one thing that gets talked about with the Raptors. Um, yeah. But like you said, in terms of which direction they, they, they do decide to go for their long-term kind of vision, I will be interested to see how they might potentially shift in terms of interest in retaining him. Shaden Sharp, by the way, uh, this is completely off topic, but mm -hmm. I just turned my head to see what was going on in the Blazers and Cavaliers game. And mm -hmm. Shaden Sharp just levitated, like genuinely just levitated it's crazy. into the basket. Just, and it, it, He's an incredible athlete. Anyway, sorry, off topic. <laughs> uh, the final trade piece here, the, the big kahuna, if you will. I, yes. In my opinion, I feel like this is the guy who in all likelihood will get moved who mm -hmm. is the biggest guy on this list mm -hmm. outside of Zach Levine, like that will realistically get traded. Mm -hmm. uh, DeAndre Ayton, mm -hmm. Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, obviously the mess that was this summer between we're not going to sign you. And now you're in Kevin Durant talks and, Oh, Monty Williams and him aren't on good terms. And Oh, the Indiana Pacers just signed him to a max contract and Oh, never mind, We're going to match it and we're going to keep him. And mm -hmm. the vibes are going to be off. And, and, 
I think Aiton is a very good player. I think there is still tons of potential there. He's obviously young. He's a number one overall pick. I think it will forever loom over his head that, you know, there's the Lucas of the world and Trey Youngs of the world that are thriving and doing things. And maybe DeAndre Ayton will, will, no, let's say, no, let's not say maybe. DeAndre Ayton <laughs> will never reach the heights of a Luka Doncic. I, I think we just have to go ahead and talk about that. But when it comes to options, when it comes to guys that may get moved, he seems like a like, likely candidate. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of the fact that the Phoenix Suns are dwindling a little bit here with, yeah. without Devin Booker, I think it makes sense for them to do a slight retool because Chris Paul has not been what people imagined him to. And look, to be fair, man, he is 39 years old now, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I got to double check that. But but he's 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 older, right? One year older every single season at that age is very, very hard to maintain that level of basketball. I think we've probably seen the, the, the last of the best of Chris Paul. And it's hard because I think some nights he has it, some nights he doesn't. Uh, it's hard to replicate. And that doesn't help a guy like DeAndre Ayton. I think missing Devin Booker hurts. Obviously, Cam Johnson is a huge part of their team, and him not being there is, is big as well. I think it makes sense for them to do a slight retool, move into a different direction, maybe move DeAndre Ayton, maybe find mm-hmm. a guard that they can play with Booker, and then you have, you know, whatever guard, Bridges, Booker, Cam Johnson, and you move forward that way and see how you can build. Because it just doesn't seem like the magic that they had in that run can mm-hmm. be replicated again. And and to be fair, even the magic that they had last season in the regular season just doesn't seem like it's able to be replicated. They're relying way too much on Devin Booker. That is clear with how they've played since he's been gone. Um, since you've been gone. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I had the same. It was right there. <laughs> <laughs> but where do you where do you think he ends up getting moved if he if he does end up getting moved? Uh, well, first, Chris Paul is 37. I checked it, double-checked it while sorry. you were speaking. 39. Um, I'm so sorry, Chris Paul. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> a little, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, but I just, with, with Phoenix and with DeAndre Ayton, they're in such a unique situation because, I mean, to, I guess, rewind a little bit to the Chris Paul extension that took place. When that happened and I saw that they gave him an extra year, um, from what was initially kind of thrown out there, that really surprised me. And I was like, I would Mm -hmm. be very surprised if that didn't come back to really bite them. And I don't want to say, oh, it's we're right there. It's now biting them in the butt. I don't want to say that. I think it's a little too early. But I think they're now primed, like you said, for all of the reasons that you mentioned. They're now primed for a potential retool uh, or I guess a minor retool. And Chris Paul is not the one that ultimately gets moved because that's just – that that doesn't make sense right now. And so – that again, we come back to DeAndre Ayton and and how all of the I guess off the court Monty Williams all that stuff how that kind of comes into it and so then you you have to just look around and say okay well what situations could you move a guy that's on a max extension to like what teams could he possibly fit with what packages that are going that could then net you packages or guys that are ready to win now. And that's very difficult. That's a very difficult match. And so I really only came up with three teams that I think actually make sense. 
And to me, there are two of them that make a lot of sense. And one of them that's kind of like a meh. <laughs> and I think the two, the two that make the most sense to me are Chicago for kind of a lot of the same reasons. They've got the, like we talked about even in our first episode, um, which you should definitely go listen if you haven't had a chance yet. Um, tune in. Tune in. We talked about Chicago and who their kind of residual young pieces are if they do decide to go for a full reset or if they don't. And so Chicago has the contracts. Chicago has some young guys to try and get in there and make a switch. And I do think that that could be something interesting for Phoenix to try and um, really, I guess, reset and and, and retool to potentially put themselves in a better position come playoff time, especially if I'm not saying that they're going to get a Zach Levine, but even if you get a DeMar DeRozan um, or just something different, because you can always, I mean, we're seeing what Kevon Looney is doing in Golden State and what he has been for forever. You can go out and find a big that fits his his role really, really well. We saw them do it with Bismack Biomba. So, I mean, we, there are always options there, but if you can go out and get a scoring veteran guy who can really help your team in a playoff environment, I think that could be huge for Phoenix and it could help get them kind of back in a position where they do want to ultimately find themselves. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be ready to pull that trigger because it definitely is a big one to pull. Mm-hmm. Where are you yeah. at on, on a Chicago fit? I think like it, it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I just I wonder if you know obviously DeAndre Ayton is a younger guy compared to a Nikola Vucevic uh, to a Demar Derozan. So mm-hmm. how much does that accelerate? And then also, what are you left with afterwards uh, when you know Vuce is kind of old and done with? When Derozan is and to be honest, I think Derozan will continue to age pretty well. But mm-hmm. uh, you know how does how does that team look three years from now when it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Demar Derozan, and Nikola Vucevic? That is. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I think for all those reasons, it, it, I see that as a difficult trade to make. Uh, if you're Phoenix, I think mm-hmm. you're probably looking for more value back. Um, where that value is is interesting because obviously the Indiana Pacers are a team, and you have them listed here as a, as a team. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump. No, in there, no, no, but, that's perfect. Go um, for it. When it when it comes to the Indiana Pacers, you know it was reported today that they are going for a win now move. They're hunting for that win-now player. Uh, Obviously, the Miles Turner contract extension talks have stalled a little bit. I wonder if they stall a little bit more, first of all, and maybe he gets moved. I think the Miles Turner fit in Phoenix. Hi, Hi, Kitty. What's the cat's name, by the way? Winston. Winston, great name. For my new girl people out there. Yeah. Oh, I do know. You know, a lot of people before I look like before I looked like a schmuck said I look like Nick from New Girl. Different story. Yeah, I know. I, I love that. If I if I wear the plaid shirt, you'll see it. It's okay. I'll we'll see figure it. it out. Um, when it comes to when it comes to the the Indiana Pacers, I think the win now move makes a ton of sense. But at the same time, what does that cost you? Miles Turner probably makes sense. I think packaging, maybe a Chris Duarte. You know what? I'm not going to lie. Just kind of talking about it. I'm kind of selling myself on the fact that this makes a lot of sense for both sides. Miles Turner would be somewhat of a seamless transition. They mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily need to use him as much offensively as they do with DeAndre Ayton, although he can stretch the floor a little bit more than DeAndre Ayton. I think defensively, uh, he, he brings that rim protecting big stuff that Miles Turner Miles Turner is a little bit better of a ring protector than DeAndre Ayton, so that is a plus. 
I I kind of like the fit. I don't hate that. And when it comes to DeAndre Ayton in Indiana, he was obviously coveted by them. They were willing to pay him that max spot. Maybe that's another guy that they look at. I don't hate that for Phoenix because it helps them compete now. And, you know, maybe you can get the salaries to get Buddy Heald involved in this trade as well. So now you're looking at Heald and Turner to to uh, Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton and maybe some salary coming back to Indiana. That kind of helps both teams. I, I I don't know. I don't know if that ever gets done, but I think the, the feasibility of it is totally there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the key is, again, trying to find teams that have that are are moving maybe, maybe some, I guess, maybe more than others towards that kind of retool youth movement yeah. kind of uh, mindset, I guess, or, or phase. Um, and, and But that also have very, very productive current win-now players. And so right. that brings us, I think, to what to me is the most interesting team in this whole thing because I do think that there's a lot there. And it's your Toronto Raptors. <laughs> if they do try and go, I could. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. But at the it. same I time, it. it's like, are you really going to move an OG for an Aiden? Are you going to move like is a is is there anything with Fred Van Fleet? I am so high on Pascal Siakam. I'm not someone that's like, oh yeah, you just move him if it means you get a DeAndre. Like, no, I don't no, know no. how I. Absolutely yeah. not. No, I, and absolutely I think not. a lot of people are quick to include him in packages if they either don't watch the Raptors or are not fans of the Raptors. And so to me, on one hand, I'm like, if you do want to go this youth movement, I'd be really interested to see a Raptors package and what that could look like for Phoenix. Um, But I just don't know if it ultimately gets done because I think Masai has a way of saying, or, or kind of coming from a place of, we are going to be the winners of a trade yeah. here he is. I just got to get it done. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> we're, Hello, we're moving Winston. On. Hi, Winston. Okay, we're done. Good Look, God. I think he just it, wanted to be on, and then he was like, okay, I'll mind. He noticed. He noticed. He noticed. The camera. He does. Um, when it comes to the Raptors, look, I think the possibility is always there from, for them to make a move, but I don't think they would move OG when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. I definitely don't think they would move Pascal Siakam when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. Agreed. And obviously, Scotty Barnes is not a guy that is is touchable in this situation. But if the Suns are interested in some kind of a weird package that includes Fred VanVleet and Gary Trent Jr. for DeAndre Ayton, you know, obviously we just talked about uh, the Chris Paul situation and how that is working out. Maybe you look at Fred VanVleet and say, okay, the, the, the pairing of Fred and Booker in the backcourt kind of makes sense. You know, they can play off of each other. Um, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. there who can be this kind of offensive scoring punch that can maybe play off the bench for you. He can maybe start. So there's there's possibilities there. I could see that. But I don't think the Suns would be interested in that deal. Um, and, like, if they weren't willing to pay – DeAndre Ayton, what makes you think they would pay Fred VanVleet and Gary Trent Jr., who are both up for extension? So I, I think that's that's tough. Like in in theory, that makes sense. The fit is snug, but I think in practice and in the real world, it makes it a little bit harder for that to happen. So um, we talked about DeAndre Ayton. I, mm-hmm. We have this little list here. We'll we just do. go yes, no on if they okay. will be traded or not, and then we'll wrap it up there. Okay. I like that. That's good. Okay, Jared Allen. No. No. Right. Bruce Brown Jr. No, I don't. I don't think so. And this, and I'm realizing that this that this that team is, that they have that a is, list of, is incorrect. 
That is an incorrect team. Yes, that is definitely true. Okay, we'll sk- we'll <laughs> we'll but skip no, on that. No Bruce Brown. He's not getting yes, moved. He's too I don't hard. I don't think he's getting moved at either. Uh, Terrence Davis. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe if he's kind of packaged into mm-hmm. something else for the Kings to get better. Yeah, maybe. I think he could. Uh, I actually do think he could get moved. Sure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe that. Uh, Josh Hart. Uh, I think unless they seriously find an upgrade. So if there's like an OG and an OB type trade for Portland, I think that'd be possible. But I don't don't think that's there. I don't think Um, so. Rashawn Holmes. I think that's possible. Definitely possible. Uh, I think right now with Harrison Barnes value going down, if they're going to move anyone, it's going to be him, even though they are playing well. I've been seeing, especially from SAC people, that he's kind of the one to watch. But um, okay. Rashawn Holmes is definitely interested, interesting because he's kind of fallen out of, of what he used to be in Sacramento. Of the rotation, so, yeah. So I that wouldn't surprise me at all. Fair enough. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, he is on. I I don't think he's going to get traded. Um, I don't think so either. Reggie Jackson. <sighs> I don't I think mean, so. Like, They've got maybe, other guys but, that they that I could see them trading first. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. agree. I agree. He's, he's, he's way too essential to what they do. The, yeah, the ball when handling, they put it everything. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, TJ McConnell. I really do think TJ McConnell will get traded. There's so many guards on the Pacers. I mean, just, and, and <laughs> yeah. I, how are you? And he's a good player. Like he's a solid backup guard. I really yeah. do think he can play somewhere. Bring him to Toronto if you'd like. Um, David Nawaba. I don't think so. Duncan Robinson. Ah! I don't. I mean, I again wouldn't surprise me, but that's going to be a tricky thing for Miami to be willing. To mm-hmm. give up something to move off of that contract because it's yeah. it's quite a sizable one. So I'm not yeah. I'm not putting my chips in on that one. Yeah, I got you. And then Jared Vanderbilt, which I think I mean he's been discussed a bunch. He it has. just depends if if other teams are willing to throw throw that first round pick, right? Yeah, I I in my brain I don't see him getting moved just because I wouldn't move him. I th- I truly think he brings so much to a team, and so to just move off of that just for I I, I wouldn't do it, but. Yeah, you know who knows. Danny yeah, the defensive picks. The defensive stuff is is interesting with him. I mean, I think I I also I'm not sure if if I would move him, but if the offer is right, you you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, That's fair, folks. I appreciate you guys tuning in to episode two of the Objective Basketball Podcast with Lauren and I. It has been a pleasure. We hope to do this every single week for y'all, twice a week. Please tune in, tap in, like subscribe do all those things i have no idea um <laughs> you know the five star ratings the the likes on youtube just do all of it you know figure it out for why me. not help us out here but yes um thank you very much we appreciate it and we will see you guys next week follow house at just s Barahini on all socials and at the lauren gun on twitter the objective basketball podcast delivering the nba to you